You're listening to Biz Quick. This is where Julie and Corey provide quick and useful information to small business owners. Biz Quick is the podcast where small business owners get to showcase their businesses and receive expert advice and guidance in areas many entrepreneurs struggle with. And you, the listener, get solutions, tips, and tricks on real-world topics that many small business owners face. Julie and Corey are the experts small businesses hire when they need solutions. And the BizQuick podcast is just one way they deliver those solutions. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. That was aggressive. I know. I'm super <laughs> excited about our podcast today. We're going to talk about uh, Julie's experiences at the 365 Driven um, uh, retreat, even though it's not that, um, but the 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 event that she went to um, a couple weeks ago in Montana. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is her experience there and everything that she learned and the people she met and everything else. And this is going to be a surprise to me as well because I have not heard that much about what's going on or what happened there. So welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks for having me. Super excited <laughs> to be here. And I just want to say that I'm I'm thrilled that for the first time when you referred to it, you didn't refer to it as camp. Because <laughs> that's how you've talked about it so well, far. Well, you were in a cabin. You did hiking. Um, oh, was I a- wasn't in a cabin. I was in like a million dollar home. Whatever. In the middle of the woods on a lake. It was camp. <laughs> we were in Whitefish, Montana. And um, this was an event put on by Tony Watley and his wife, Lisa. They um, Tony has a group called 365 Driven. And it's for entrepreneurs. And I somehow managed to convince not one, not two, but three of our clients to also go on this um, retreat. But the motto is actually, we don't retreat, we advance. And um, we spent five days in Whitefish, Montana, with surrounded by entrepreneurs, um, you know, and just like really people who've done really significant things in their entrepreneurial journey. And, um, one of the people who went with me, um, Chrissy, she, her and I did the VIP experience. So we actually stayed in a private home with um, Tony and his wife, Lisa, and a couple of other people that were in attendance. Bruce and Mike were the two people that were other two people that were in the home with us. But it was a it was a great great experience and learned a ton. So I can't wait for you to hammer me with questions so that you can kind of guide us through this conversation. I thought you were just going to spend the next 28 minutes just talking. And I was just, no. I wasn't going to have to do anything on this podcast. No, no, but I'm going to have, I mean, you got to earn your pay today. Yeah. So the, then let's just jump into it. The, uh, spending the time there, like I know that you, you met a ton of people and you had a ton of ideas. Who was the, like, what were you most surprised about going into this? Uh, cause you had certain expectations, I'm sure of, of what this was going in, but what was like the biggest surprise that you had? So we talked about this a little bit last week and I know you didn't believe me in that. Um, I thought about canceling before we went, I kind of wanted to cancel because well, one, I, I took a little bit of a weird um, route to get there and that I flew to Seattle, but that's because, you know, my brother and his, I have two brothers and their wives and kids live in Seattle and I was not going to go that far west from Richmond and not see the kids and, and my siblings. So I went to Seattle and um, spent a day in Seattle and then Chrissy and I drove from Seattle to Whitefish. We actually stopped in, um, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which I'd never been there before. And that was pretty amazing. That was a great experience. It's a cute little place. And then um, 
headed to Montana. And because we did the VIP experience, we had a VIP dinner on Friday evening that was just exclusive to people who signed up as VIPs and the speakers and Tony and Lisa. Um, What I was the most surprised about was from a, the people in attendance perspective, how um, regardless of where people were with their business. So, so there were some people who haven't even started their business yet. And there are people that have been, you know, in business for decades, everybody learned and, and um, asked questions that were, you know, not only very specific to them, but helped everyone else in the group learn and grow and figure out how to do some things. So there was, no, nobody really held back and you couldn't really tell if you didn't have conversations with people, you wouldn't have known where anybody was, whether, I mean, and I, I don't, I'm not saying this in a, in any way other than, I mean, there, there were billionaires there, right? There's millionaires and billionaires that are, and that's how far they are in their journey. And then people who are, you know, struggling to get, you know, $10,000 a month in revenue for their, for their businesses. And, everyone came at it with the same level of enthusiasm and wanting to learn and grow. And that really, that impressed me because it made everybody really accessible and feel really relatable. Would you say that everybody, not everybody, but there were a lot of, regardless of where they were in their journey, as you said, um, if they're millionaires or billionaires or they haven't even started yet, that they're having a lot of the same struggles. Because one of the things that I learned when I went from, uh, owning a business, small business to corporate America, to a four, fortune 500 company, the same problems that I was trying to solve for in a small business were still trying to be solved in a very large company. Um, so would you say that like people are like, everybody's still solving for similar problems, even if they're I mean, maybe different levels, different yeah. stages of those problems? Yeah. Like on scale. Sure. Like, um, yes. And I would say that Everybody has an area in their business where they don't feel like they're they're not experts and they're not really sure how to manage it. And that that area could be different for everybody, but everybody has an area where they're just not at a comfort level. And so it was it's it was interesting to to hear about that. And a perfect example is so um, one of my favorite speakers, Lauren Johnson, who we're going to have on an upcoming podcast episode. Right. So she was she's a mental performance coach and she was performance coach for the New York Yankees. And she just her her ability to masterfully tell stories is just it's beyond anything I've seen before. But she literally just left the Yankees and is starting her own coaching business and so she everywhere she went she carried a notebook with her so she could take notes on how to be the best entrepreneur possible so she's there as a speaker to guide all of us but at the same time taking away every single bit of knowledge that she can from the experts that were in the room so that she can build the best business possible and it was just really really neat to see that that is really cool because it it the lack of ego, I guess, so to speak, that even though you might be a super successful, whatever it is, you, there, you can still learn something from other people. Like you, you just because you made it big and whatever your industry is, doesn't mean that you can't take something from somebody else. I mean, even the most you know minute piece of information could help one person greatly uh, based upon whatever it is. So what did you offer that people were writing down? 
Um, well, I know you don't believe this, but I was fairly quiet. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. That's a really, I don't know that I offered anything that could, people could write down and now I'm filled with shame. <laughs> As you should be. Thank you for that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I took, I had a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations and, um, offered up. I was more, I was very much in listening mode for people, um, and, and hyper aware. So one of the things that, you know, is so impressive about Tony and Lisa's events are that, so they're small, right? They're not inviting, they're not allowing like a hundred or 200 to 500 people. They're not trying to get as many people as possible. And they, they, they make the speakers are a part of the event, right? So they're not just coming in to speak for 45 minutes or an hour and then ditching. They're there and, and Tony and Lisa set it up so that those speakers they're not trying to sell you anything. They're really, they're participating in there. They are there to share knowledge. And what's interesting is the closest thing I can compare this to is back in 2019, I had back-to-back weekends where I did some, you know, events. The first thing was I went to Rachel Hollis's, Rachel and Dave Hollis's when they were still married, their biz, Rise Business event in Charleston, South Carolina. And I was really frustrated, right? I paid, I paid pretty good money to go to that. I think I paid like $4,000 to go to that event. And I, it was in this big like auditorium and I ended up sitting like my ticket got me into literally the upper level. Now, listen, I know you know this about me, Corey, but maybe our listeners don't. I'm not an upper level kind of girl, right? I am the main floor. Like if I'm going to a concert, I'm on the floor. I got floor seats. I am in the action but $4,000 got me the upper level and no access to anybody. They had all these speakers come and there was only one speaker who I ever engaged with afterwards. And he was, he's been on our podcast, Scott Miller, right? But you had to pay for access to the speakers. And the only access you got was you got to have a lunch and learn with them where they did a panel discussion and it was 45 minutes. So there were people who paid like 10 or 12 grand to get that the very next weekend. I went to Jesse Itzler's adult camp and he took the same approach that Tony takes where his speakers were immersed in the weekend and you had access to them and they weren't trying to sell you anything and you learned so much more and it was such a different experience. And so like, I don't know that I'll ever do a big, big, big group, like, you know, 1,500 people event type again, because the smaller ones, you get so much more out of them and having, building the relationships with the speakers and having free access to them is, it was, that's just, was an absolutely incredible. And and that's the best part of the experience. And, and Tony and Lisa went above and beyond on that to make that happen. And I think that's a good representation of Tony in general, because when we had him on the podcast, his whole thing was about building communities. Mm -hmm. You don't do that by putting people in the top level and spending, you know, whatever ungodly amount of money to have a panel discussion, you know, with a, I know, right. And, and I think that's where we're going in general. I mean, surprised we haven't gotten there sooner, but with social media and everything like that, where uh, if I wanted to, and I knew how to use social media, I could go on and see what, Rachel Hollis had for breakfast probably today because I'm sure it's posted somewhere. Well, she's on been canceled, so. Well, whatever. <laughs> you get the idea. And so it's like I'm already in your house. I'm already a part of your yeah. family in that sense. So why not, uh, why not 
go on a hike with me because I know that that was something that y'all did. You did hikes, and I think there was whitewater. There was rafting. whitewater rafting. Um, I didn't do the whitewater rafting, and I opted to get a facial that day at the spa. And um, I, but everybody that went had a blast. I said it was the best time. And then we did do hike in a hike in Glacier National Park. So the way that they had it set up was that. Um, so Friday was the meet and greet day where everybody was coming in and we had this VIP dinner and that VIP dinner, they had like a private chef who came to, you know, one of the private homes and there was a, was it sommelier? Is that how you say it? Sommelier? Sommelier. Sommelier. Now you're screwing me up. Yeah, no. Just call it Somme. Somme. They had a Somme, a wine expert. <laughs> and um, they just had this really great, great menu and there was, you know, these two really long tables and lots and lots and lots of conversation and that was when, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, Josh Kirk came in like a hurricane um, into that dinner. I think uh, he flew in, um, him and a, another guy that were with him, they flew in and um, were late, right? So they, they flew like private plane in, were late. And so they just came in literally like a hurricane and um, he just sort of took the meal by surprise, by storm. Um, everybody hung out. And then Saturday was kind of a free day, right? So um, we went up to the main lodge and had breakfast there and it was honestly like um we did the thing that probably most restaurant owners and managers hate we were at a table for six hours mm-hmm. and um that table so it just started with me and chrissy it's just us sitting there and then you know mike fallett who we're about to have on the podcast um he um owns a company that helps people write and um publish their books and get them to number one very quickly he came over and sat with us because we have a mutual client lisa hawker and we talked and um, then, you know, they pulled up another table and other people joined like Tony and Lisa came over and Tony's son was there and he joined us and Lauren Johnson joined us and David Breyer and the table just kept growing. Pretty soon we had like four tables and there's like 17 people sitting at these tables. And um, so we sat there till, you know, like 3.30 in the afternoon or whatever. And then we went up to the bar, went uptown and everybody was hanging out in bars. And by the way, I think one of the, one of the things that made this experience so great this is the first time in 15 months, like there was nobody, like the hotel employees weren't wearing masks. Nobody had masks on. It was really, really nice to be in an area where there was just no masks and everybody was just out and about and life was really normal. So we hung out. So anyway, Saturday hung out at the bars for a while. And then we had a big dinner on Saturday night back at um, one of the private homes and this one everybody was invited to and then they did like a fireside chat like panel discussion where people got to ask the speakers questions and that would probably lasted I don't know two or three hours just tons of questions lots of engagement it was really really good um, and then Sunday was the day of the speakers so we started like nine o'clock in the morning and went until like six or seven p.m had all of the speakers. Um, and there was um, great speakers. So it started with the first speaker was David Breyer, who we're also going to have on the podcast shortly. He is a branding expert and he is straight fire. Like he is a pistol. <laughs> um, really, really good. Very direct. Um, you have to have, I would say, very thick skin to work with David because he does not pull any punches. He, I mean, literally, I, you know, here's what he said about our logo. He and, and I quote, earmuffs for the children because I'm about to curse. He said, who the fuck designed that for you? It's terrible. <laughs> and I was like, okay, right? So let's talk about it. And it was just a very, like, we spent a couple hours just talking about our logo and branding and 
things that we could do. And um, he's just a great guy. Then the next speaker was Lauren Johnson, the performance coach that we've talked about. And she was, she was fantastic. Um, and then I believe next was, and I apologize because the order doesn't really matter, but um, Roger Wakefield, who is this, you know, plumber from Texas who ha- makes more money off of his YouTube channel than he does off of his plumbing business. And it's really fascinating to hear his story. And, you know, he'll say, I'm just a plumber, but I'm like, dude, you are a marketer. He's very, very good. Um, Jeff Lerner was there. Jeff is an entrepreneur who has, who reinvented himself out of complete and total necessity. He was pretty much broke and he had been playing piano for, he's from Houston area and playing for like, you know, the owner of the, um, the Texans and the, um, the Rockets. And he's just a very interesting social circle, but um, he, the most interesting message that he shared was that when, um, he has no problem at all being completely selfish when it comes to conversations. So he could be having, you know, sit down with you, Corey, and be having a conversation with you. And when he gets what he needs, he gets up and leaves. He doesn't even make excuses. He's just like, okay, I'm good. I'm done. And he leaves. And he's like, that just saves me hundreds of hours a year by not having unnecessary conversations. Alex Stern was another one of the um, speakers. He is him and he co-founded constant contact with two other people and they started it in an attic in Boston and um, sold it for, I want to say it was like $1.2 billion. He's got like, I think he's got like 13 different businesses going right now. He's very, very interesting guy. And, I spent probably the most time speaking with him out of all the speakers. Um, we had another speaker, Cynthia, and I apologize. I cannot remember her last name right now. She is, um, she's one of the, you know, biggest experts on intermittent fasting. She talked a lot about health and nutrition, an area that entrepreneurs frequently don't pay attention to. Um, she told us that snacking is very, very bad, Corey very bad and I thought of you instantly and I knew that you're probably a part of your soul was dying when those words were being uttered because I know you love snacking yes um and but but what she did say that you would strongly agree with was huge proponent of animal protein and the importance of it in our lives and the and also she came out very strong against carbs processed foods so really she was very interesting and then Tony Tony bookended it he talked twice um, I don't think I'm forgetting any of the speakers. Well, if you did, um, we can always come back to that later. Yeah. But uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about some of the wisdom that you might have learned Okay. Uh, at Wallet Camp. Okay. Hey, everyone. If you're like most entrepreneurs out there, time is not something you ever seem to have enough of. We get it. There are a million things that need your attention both in business and in your personal life. That's why we created Time Bomb. This is a self-paced course designed to help you determine what your time is worth and where you should be spending those precious hours every day. Right now, we have an option to buy the bundle, which also includes products designed to help you become more efficient with your time. It's a $70 deal you're getting for only an additional $30. Head on over to sbpace.com to learn more. Time Bomb. Take control of your calendar. Gain control of your life. All right, and welcome back to the show. So we just completed... The overview of everything that and all the people who Julie met while she was out in Montana. And so we're going to kind of jump into the things that she learned, the takeaways, that type of stuff. Um, 
So I know that when you were there, you had sent me uh, some sort of communication, email, text, whatever it was, saying that, oh, I've got so many ideas, I've got so many ideas, uh, which always um, is kind of a red flag for me because I'm like, oh, man, what what are we moving to next? So let's talk about that. What are some of the ideas, some of the things that you took away from this, like the, the different directions that you want to go with SB Pace? Uh, so they're not so much directional changes. Um, I think one of the biggest takeaways I had was the need to simplify, which, you know, we've talked about, right? So, you know, making things complex doesn't ever, it doesn't help, right? And we see this with our clients frequently where when somebody's confused, they'll make things more complex than they need to be. Um, so simplifying either on our services or how we work with clients was the biggest thing that I took away from it. Um, I also started to think a lot about our brand and how we differentiate ourselves and um, how we can differentiate ourselves so that we're actually, you know, attracting more people to us, right? So it's not, um, you know, David Breyer just had so many like really, really smart tidbits of information to give in terms of um, how how you go about differentiating yourself and, um, you know, standing out, right? So, you know, when you're fighting over price or fighting over your service offerings, they're, you're just, you're in the same battle as everyone else, but to stand out and be really, really different was really key to me and how do we how do we do that how do we leverage where where we're different and and use that to to gain more traction and get more clients I also I've been very hesitant to start a Facebook group because I kept thinking you know what if you know nobody joins it right and um it's a little bit like not having any friends in school and you know Tony was really clear on who cares? All you have to do is be 1% better and people will come. You just have to build something better than other people. And don't worry about how many people are there to start. Just build it over time and know that consistency and building something will bring people to that, that group as long as it's different. Um, so there was the, those are some of the key things. I also, you know, a lot of very tactical things with respect to YouTube. So we have, you know, project 365 and we're, trying to grow our YouTube following. And there was some very tactical pieces of information that Roger Wakefield gave around the YouTube channel, different little things that we could do and kind of taught me how to almost list hack on, on YouTube to get, to grow our audience and um, do what he refers to as R and D rip off and duplicate and, and just make something better. You just have to be 1% better for people to come to your stuff. And that's not, in usually that's not a huge effort and he taught me some hacks on where to look when you're filming and the easiest way to film and that kind of stuff and um so there was a, just a lot of very small tactical things that we could do that i thought would really help our help help us be pace okay so i got two questions on yeah. that uh one can you give some examples of some of those little tactical changes that we need to make and then two um the you just have to be one percent better mm-hmm. i don't know like, I know the idea of that statement, but if it takes 3% effort for me to change what I'm doing right now, do you have to be 1% better or 3% better? Because, like, for me, it's like, uh, well, I'm already, like, paying attention to this person, so, like, I'm going to have to 
the effort of like whatever it is uh, in terms of viewing something else or, or subscribing to something else or whatever it is, like people are lazy in general. So is that 1% better really what you want to hit or is am I did I get that completely wrong in terms of, of what that meant? So for the 1% better, if you are, then that was general across the board, right? Tony's talking about that in Facebook groups. You need to do something better. You need to stand out, right? YouTube, Facebook, your marketing efforts, your brand, you need to stand out, right? And with respect to YouTube, if somebody's made a video on, you know, what a sales process is, right? And there's, there's, you know, 500 sales process videos out there. And let's say that, you know, X percent of them are targeted at small businesses. So if we're going to make a video on sales process, then we just need to improve and create a better video than already exists with, you know, better content, better, you know, tactical directional information for people. Right. So that I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't think on YouTube there's a tremendous amount of loyalty. People are looking for information, right? It's the second largest search engine in the world. So they're looking for information and the better our videos become, the more frequently they're going to come, they're going to show up on people's search results, which is going to drive more people to them. So it's not a overnight thing. It's a long-term play, but YouTube is a long-term play. But, you know, Roger Wakefield went from not having, never having, having never recorded a video and put it on YouTube two and a half years ago to making $1.1 million a year on YouTube right now, only talking about plumbing and the number one resource that he used was looking at was already out there and then just being a little bit better and knowing that if he never curses in a single video on YouTube, he's going to get more ad revenue because you, you at advertisers pay less money to people who curse in their videos than people who don't. Right. So little things like that, putting a, um, a thumbnail on the front of your videos that have a picture of you. And then the subject of what's being covered will get like your, you'll get seven times more views if you do that little change. So I've gone back and made that change on all of our YouTube videos that we have for project 365. And we'll have those same thumbnails going forward. So those are the small types of things that we can do um, and refining the categories more, right? So we've got, you know, project 365, but we've got marketing, we've got sales, we've got, business foundation and really, really like doubling down on the categories so that it's more specific so people can find it easier. And that, that makes sense. And I like kind of that approach when you, when you say it that way, in terms of just the, the little things that make, because again, he's talking plumbing and for a lot of people out there, like the, the DIY type people like myself, like those little things do matter. Yeah. Um, you know, for instance, I, uh, couple years ago I was doing some work on my truck and I needed to uh need to figure out I don't even remember what it was but the, this video that I found and this guy who was doing it he just did like a short like 15 20 seconds of like kind of like a comedy intro to what he was doing and just added like personality throughout the mm -hmm. entire video to where I watched it because it was entertaining and it still provided me the information that I needed. Now I'm, I'm more of the type of person who's just going to, you know, if you can just give me a manual with pictures and no word or no, no like 
audio or uh, like video or whatever, where it's just the the words, the book, I'm fine with that. But for this, where it was on YouTube, I was like, oh, this is entertaining and I get the information I need. So that was helpful. So that, that makes sense um, in that regard for sure. Yeah. And, you know, he also talked a lot about um, the need to... Ha- so he has two very distinct types of videos. He's got his YouTube videos, which, you know, they're very... I'm not going to say they're, I mean, they are professional, but they're very how to, and he, his format is tells you what he's going to tell you. Then he tells you, and then he gives you a real world example through story, right? So that people can relate to it. And that's his format. And he's like, that's the most, you know, beneficial format on YouTube for people to follow along and really understand things. And, and he was very specific, like your videos, you need to train your audience. Like you, if you want to make money off of YouTube, you really want your videos to be in that eight to 10 minute range. That's the sweet spot for advertisers where they really want to get in there and work with you. And he has, you know, when I say he's got like, he's $1.1 million coming in from YouTube, 500,000 of that is from a single advertiser where they, he's, they have contracted with him and he, so he's got a pretty big deal with them. But then he's also on um, TikTok and he uses Instagram Reels and he has a very different personality on TikTok and Instagram Reels where he's much more, you know, he's, he'll, he doesn't, he's not really much of a cursor to begin with, but he's, there's a lot of, um, his videos are more edgy, right? And as an example, one of the days that we were with him, he had just posted a TikTok video and when we were sitting with him on a Saturday afternoon, it had like 7 million views. And then like an hour later, it was over 11 million. And the next day it was over 15 million, 15 million views on a plumbing video on TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, uh, there are the people out there. There's one person if I I don't even follow anybody on YouTube, but there's one one creator out there who I watch a lot of his videos uh, and it's all it's all about. Uh, it's do-it-yourself stuff, but he reviews tools. He does all sorts of, like, but it's entertaining. Oh, I literally thought you were going to say J.P. Sears. No. Um, And it's, uh, but again, it's it's one of those things where he's got a format where he's he's delivering information, it's entertaining, uh, and I think for a lot of people, he's got kind of the same intro, the same outro, and and he Mm -hmm. knows what he's talking about, so it's not just some some schmuck. Uh, but one thing, uh, when you said earlier, you had talked about the need to simplify and then kind of talked about the Facebook, which I know is some, let's call it uncomfortable. So that's been two themes that we had, um, or two things that we've talked about in previous podcasts with both, uh, Aaron Nash and Ari Witt, where it's simplifying as you grow and Mm -hmm. then getting uncomfortable Mm -hmm. as a part. So was that, uh, were those themes, in response to what you learned or was it just kind of coincidental that we had those, um, those topics on the show? Uh, those were completely coincidental, but you know, happy coincidence. I knew, you know, Ari was doing uncomfortable stuff, but I didn't know until, um, I, I really had no idea that there, that theme would be so present at the 365 driven event. And I had arranged for, I had asked Ari long before Montana to come on the podcast. It just took her a while to get it scheduled because she was nervous and busy. So um, that was just a happy coincidence for us, I would say. So what other takeaways if, I mean, do you have uh, for people? Like what's some advice that you might have for people out there listening who uh, didn't attend 
the the retreat? Um, one of the things that I that really stuck with me was um, David Breyer saying to a saying that different is better than better, right? So there's you know it's it's more important to be different and stand out to differentiate yourself um than it is to just be better than someone else right so you think about you know the race to the top typically is filled with features so the more features you have think about that um that old joke from there's something about mary you know six minute abs well i'm gonna create five minute abs right so it's so the race to the top is features the race to the bottom is price right but you're there's no value in being the second cheapest solution. There's really not a lot of value. I mean, you could be the cheapest solution, but that's your, all of your business is coming on price and no, nobody's coming over because you're different. They're coming out because you have a lower price than everybody else. And that's not really the type of customer that we're going after, right? We're not looking for people who are looking for the cheapest option. We're looking for people who really want to make an impact on their business. So just thinking different is better than better was like really, really stood out for me. Um, and then one of the things that, well, this is a, this is one of the first piece of advice we give everybody when we're working with them, especially people who are launching a new business. Um, the importance of having an email address that actually has your business at, oh, it's get away from Gmail. And it was unbelievable the number of people who, use Gmail or Yahoo or MSN or something. It was kind of crazy. Um, and what there was something Lauren Johnson said that I'm hoping we talk about with her, talk about with her when she's on our podcast that she basically said that if we can't solve hard problems ourselves, how are we ever going to help other people solve hard problems? Right? So when we bump up against something that's really tough, um, and almost always when we have a problem that we're trying to solve, you and I are on opposite sides, right? You, because we approach things very differently, and it doesn't take us long to get to that same point, but being able to solve hard problems is really crucial for us to be successful as a business because if we can't do it for ourselves and we can't do hard things, that's what she said, <laughs> for ourselves, how will we ever help clients do that? And so every time we're faced with something that's a challenge for us, that we should really welcome that and embrace what that challenge is so that we can help, we can be better at helping other people. That is great advice. And the email uh, domain name thing is such a huge pet peeve of mine and then i also hate it when people say hey here's my email it's cory at sppace.com you can find my website sppace.com i'm like no shit that's your domain it's in your email <laughs> you don't have to give me your website it's right there um and so yeah that's that's uh one of those things but then on the flip side when it's like oh we're sppace at gmail.com that says a whole other thing or if you do get the at sppace.com and then you go to that website and realize that they don't have a website set up. Right. So get the domain and have a website, even if it's just a basic landing page, people. Um, but we're going to have to start wrapping it up here. Do you have anything else that you want to tell anybody? Tell everybody. Um, I, there's so much that I want to tell people. Um, there, there really, really is. But I think... Um, 
I'll just say this. I'll leave with this piece of advice. The general theme running through everybody was to um, that you've got to be better. And it doesn't have to be this, you know, world differentiating better. You just have to be better than the people you're competing against so that people remember you. And really the way to be better and to be different is almost always to just be yourself. And we spend so much time trying to be like everyone else. And that's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. And I think that uh, maybe our next podcast or blog topic, what to do when your personality sucks, how to build a brand. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace it. Yes. Embrace it. All yeah. Right. Well, thank you, Julie, for uh, giving us that recap. And I'm sure that we'll hear many more stories over the coming uh, podcasts and whatnot. And thank you to our listeners. If you need to connect with us or um, anything that we dropped in there, we'll have, I'm sure a lot of links in the show notes for you. Sure. You can also connect with us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and clearly we have a YouTube channel or you can reach us on our domain, sbpace.com. There's a website there and everything. Um, <laughs> Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, like us, give us a review, and reach out to us about any topics that you might have. Or if you want to be a guest on the show, uh, you can get all of that on our website, sbpace.com. Yeah, and we have a book out there, too. It's the number one bestseller on Amazon. It comes with a digital workbook. It is called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It is all about building a strong foundation for your business. If you've already bought it, Go ahead and give us a review on Amazon. We'd really appreciate that. Thanks again, everybody. I'm Corey. And I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.